We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. All right, before we get going in today's episode, we got to talk about Emprise Bank. There's more options to do banking now more than ever. Who you work with is more important than how close they are to your home. Emprise has a digital banking that has digital banking that meets you where you are on your phone, on your computer, or even your smartwatch. Our trusted partner at your fingertips. Shout out Emprise Bank. B turn, it's time. It's time for us to do a football episode where we get to be like legitimately excited. I mean, what if I told you, B-Turn, that – what if I told you three weeks ago we'd be sitting here heading into week three, uh, not only are the Hawks 2-0, and they're 2-0, and they've got the number one offense in the country, most points per game. They've got Jalen Daniels being tweeted about as a Heisman candidate. They've won back-to-back Big 12 Defensive Player of the Week awards. I mean – it feels like a dream. The Hawks are cooking, as Bob Davis would say. We're 2-0. and We just won a, a road game. Remember how long it took us to win a road game up until Texas last year? And, I mean, it'd be crazy to not be as excited as we've been in ye- literally a decade about this Kansas football Jayhawks team. And I don't know what to say. We're 2-0. and We're 2-0, and B-Turn. Yeah, um, and I was going to say, like, I wish we could have done an instant reaction pod right after, but I'm still as juiced. Like, yeah. And I was in Arizona this weekend for the Chiefs game, and I'm not kidding. I was more excited for that game. And this week, I'm like all in on Kansas football. Like the Chiefs play in a couple days. I'm all in on the Hawks. And I can't imagine how many scenarios we're going to talk ourselves into if they end up finding a way to win at Houston. Because you beat Houston, you're 3-0, you come home for three straight road games – or three straight home games, obviously. And you got Duke, Iowa State, TCU – if we if we start three and zero and win Saturday, I'll talk myself into like five and one or even four and two. <laughs> and yeah. I don't know. It was just a crazy game on Saturday. The way we started, so many penalties. I think West Virginia got up by fourteen like three different times. And it's like back in the day, we we started down fourteen zero. Like back in the day, that probably would have been a game where you just like, yeah, we're done. It's gonna be one of those like fifty six to ten final scores. Yeah. 
Um, you change the channel, probably tune into another game, but it's just a crazy game. And then the last possession West Virginia had with all those reviews and felt like the, I don't want to be this guy, but it almost felt like the fix was in or something. And if, if going into OT, I'm melting down, like there's yeah. no way we win this game. I thought we'd get the ball. We got the ball first. And then I thought whatever we do, they do, they end up answering. And then we have the third and goal at the seven or whatever. JD's insanely clutch just makes every big play imaginable. But yeah, that the last drive was crazy. Um, and then the fact that I had so many people text me after the game, like, how the hell did you guys win by 13 in overtime? Yeah, <laughs> dude, it just, uh, I mean, just a wild game. I mean, you said it, it, the first like 30 minutes, 45 minutes of that game had an old school feel of that feeling. We know of like, we're just outmatched like, Oh, and I say that, but then you go back and you watch how they scored. We just had a guy fall down. Like, you know, you don't love to see that, but it's better than just getting absolutely manhandled like we've seen in the past. So, like, there still was hope. Like, that's how we were sitting here watching at my house, and that's kind of what we were saying. Like, okay, this looks bad. We're getting whooped right now, but it's not necessarily because we look like we just don't belong on the same football yeah. field as them. And you quickly, like, we just answered right back. And, like, we made that a game. Our offense – is so freaking efficient. Jalen Daniels, Ridiculous. I saw we're number one in uh, third down conversions or whatever. I mean, we are just so perfect making decisions. Jalen seems to always make the right decision whether to keep it or give it. Like, it's just, I mean, I, I truly, we've felt stupid before because we get our hopes up and it feels so nice. We sat last week talking, like, can you imagine? what we're going to feel like if we can somehow start 2-0. and And, like, the fact that it's here, we have Houston coming up, who's – Houston has looked beatable. I mean, they're 1-1. One one. They could be 0-2. Easily. Um, easily. And so, I don't know. We'll, we'll save time. We'll save time for the end to yeah. talk Houston. Um, but you guys said it. That would have been an absolute heartbreaking loss. We were up, what, 42-31? Is that right? Yeah. Yep. And – I mean, we 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 go. Lance decides to punt on fourth and one, which was controversial. I don't know how you feel about that. Me and AB, I wish AB was on the pod right now. He's sick right now, but we were sitting there watching the game together, yelling at each other because he wanted to go for it, and I don't blame him. I wasn't saying he was wrong, but like, I just feel like we pin him inside the fifteen or whatever we did. I feel like you got to trust our defense at that point, who had only given up a field goal to get that stop. Um, I don't know. Just talk me through what you felt about us not going forward or just what you thought about the end of that game. My thought process was your O-line's been great. You're running the ball insanely well, super efficient all year. you got to get a couple feet. Um, and then J.D., the way – like I thought there was a lot of options there. I thought J.D., the way he'd been running the option all night, I thought he made super great decisions on keeping it or getting rid of it. And So my thought process was – I thought West Virginia would score no matter what. Like if we go for it and don't get it, they'd score. We punt. Obviously, they got to go march further down the field. But you get a couple feet there, and the game's over. Yeah. Like you get a first yeah. down, you knee it out. So I understand because you're going to have to go 80 yards. The weather was kind of bad. Our defense had been better than West Virginia's. They weren't great, but they got more stops. But yeah. just it's crazy how good our O-line's gotten like over the years. Scott, Scott fucks. The old, the old line coach, they suck to start the year and they got better throughout the year. And then this year, they're just the way they're running the ball is unbelievable. Like 
What's some of these stats for our running backs? Devin Neal, 14 carries for 150, 11 a carry. Uh, Daniel Heishaw, 15 for 119, 8 a carry. Three touchdowns, Neal has four. And then Savion, 9 for 77, 8.6. Jalen Daniels, who was the leading rusher Saturday, 15 carries for 114, 8 a carry. Like, they have nine nine rushing touchdowns. Yeah. They're averaging, what is that? They're averaging probably like eight a pop on the ground. Yeah, and so, it's... I mean, I just felt good about us getting a couple feet there. West Virginia's defense had to be tired. I think there was a span where we went on six straight scoring touchdowns. We didn't score on the first straight on the first drive, which kind of got stalled by penalties. And then we scored on six straight drives. Yeah. It's just crazy being the better team. Like we were down 14 three times, but being the all around better team on the road, like that just doesn't happen for this program. And you're Dude, better. After... Your offensive line's better. JT Daniels, Georgia transfer. Your quarterback's better than him. On yeah. the ground, running it, making clutch plays, airing it out. Your running backs are better. West Virginia averaged three point eight a carry, yeah. which is crazy. Like they I mean, ran it, they ran all over Pitt, and then your defense wasn't good, but it was better. It got more stops. West Virginia, we did whatever the hell we wanted, and we converted on big downs, third and longs. Like it's just crazy being the all around better team and the better coach. Which after Neil Brown's it was, I mean, after it was fourteen zero. We re- and then we, I mean, we really dominated that game. Like we dominated. Um, now, then we kind of look. They dominated the last, whatever you want to call it, ten minutes or five minutes or whatever to cut that eleven point lead to send it to overtime. We, that's what. The, like if that's the one, it's kind of nice to sit back and say, okay, what's the thing you want to see us improve on? Well, one, let's not give up forty-two points. But two, let's close out teams. Like that's the thing. That's the next step is if you're going to build lead, we did the same thing against Texas. We had those guys beat last year, and we let them hang around, hang around, and then they just exploded with, I mean, their offense in that fourth quarter was insane, and we just kept letting them score. The good thing about Jalen Daniels and this offense is they've been able to not be affected by it. They come out, they respond. Coming out in overtime, on the road, in the rain, and answering like that. Now, it took a huge uh, roughing the passer call, but who knows, we may – we may convert that, but yeah, the way we were I mean, Jalen is nails, dude. The dude. guy is so clutch, not phased by anything. He could have easily been frustrated that our defense gave up a 90-yard drive, um, gave up a two-point conversion. He could have been sitting there like, what more can I do? You see that video of him on the sideline. I mean, V-Turn's going to war with a fly right now. I hope people watching on YouTube are witnessing this. But uh, you see – him in that video where he's just on the sidelines as it goes to overtime, the crowd's going wild in West Virginia. They got the music playing and he's just so locked in. Like he's just the coolest awesome. dude ever. Uh, and I, I mean, I can't believe he's Kansas Jayhawks quarterback because that dude never seems to, I mean, he had a bad pick early in the year in that first yeah. game, but other he than that, like, like he's been so good. He doesn't make mistakes. It's crazy. He is 33 for 47 throwing it, 70% completion percentage, 408 yards, four touchdowns, one turnover, 15 carries for 114. Like, yeah. I was looking at Clayton Toon's stats coming because we're playing Houston on Saturday. His completion percentage is like 58. JD's 70. And yeah, Tennessee Tech stinks, but he makes every big play. And I'm not going to say. I'm obviously not going to say he's better than Reezing, but he does remind me of him. Like, the way he loves to play, his energy, like his personality. Like, 
it's like contagious personality. And he loves Lawrence. He loves playing football. And we saw we saw the flashes, I feel like, like me, you, and A B. Like a couple of years ago, he came in and Waco made a couple of big plays. You're like, dude, this dude has crazy arm talent. Like this could be the QB of the future. It's kind of wild he didn't play more last year. And they which I was thinking this weekend, like, what if we didn't burn the red shirt? But maybe the red shirt helped him a ton because dude, later in the year. Taking- they beat Texas. We've talked about this a million times, but they were competitive at the end of the year. He's making incredible plays, and then he gets all the fans' hopes up and has expectations really high for this year for him. And he's been exceeding them, obviously. Like he's a Heisman candidate. So, yeah, which, but we got to. I think you said that we got to say that as much as we possibly can because I I don't necessarily expect Jalen Daniels to be a Heisman candidate all year. So we got to just remind everyone that as much as we can. But like it's insane to think we even have a guy in the top 25 of the conversation, let alone right now, top five. So, and you said it like his personality, um, he gets like, he doesn't, he not only just loves football and loves KU, but like he, I truly think loves the idea of being the guy that changes the culture. Like that, that new era video. Oh, so incredible i love the guy he's so cool and to see him just be like not only does he want to win that game that night but he truly wants to be the one that completely turns this program around and we've never been on a better path than we are so yeah and the thing uh, the thing i love is like i guarantee jd the offense the coaching staff they never panicked one time when they were down 14 like they just they're so calm cool and collected and it kind of worked out perfectly before before the first half. You get the ball back down 14. You go score with not much time left, and then you get the ball coming out. We're down seven at half. I feel great. Ball coming out. We were doing whatever we wanted. Like, play, like we got two running backs in the backfield, guys going in motion, play action to Fairchild, the pass to Neal over the middle, which Devin Neal's just unbelievable. And it's so awesome that he only has 14 carries so far, and he's just fresh as can be. And yeah. he just – like there was a third and goal. He got a carry at the two or so, and it looked like he was going to get tackled short of the goal line. And he just reaches forward, scores, and then Highshaw's yeah. long run, which dude, Highshaw is I don't, so good. I don't know how you feel, but that felt like the most pro West Virginia broadcast. Like we would oh. score, we would score touchdowns, and the girl would just be like, "Touchdown, Daniel Highshaw." ESPN Plus is so bad. I mean. Not having a first down line, I tweeted like that technology's been around since you never knew whether to trust it. Yeah, and like that's not some crazy technology that should be hard to like. Line it I'm up pretty sure that should be one of the most standard things you add to a freaking broadcast. And ESPN, who's owned by Disney, can't figure it out. Like it just. But I will always be the one that's like ESPN Plus can be so bad that if you're like watching with a group of friends it becomes entertaining because you start to notice every little banana land thing they say, every little thing they do. And it just becomes fun to watch ESPN completely fumble a broadcast, but it is frustrating when you're in a really tight game and it's terrible, but was there, we went up 42 31 with high shots long run. Did you feel like the game was over? I kind of in the back of my mind was like, Westfall is going to make this interesting. I had a feeling that it would come down to a two-point conversion. Like I knew they were going to score, which you can say that now, hindsight. But two-point conversion kind of drove me nuts. He had like 10 seconds to run around. It looked like we were going to have him sacked at one point. And then somehow our defense didn't know who Bryce Ford Wheaton was because every third down, every fourth down, every big play, he's, he's wide good. open. And he made yeah. 
Yeah, when he scored on like a third and goal on Craig Young, I think to go up 21-7 or 28-14, I kind of melted down and thought it was over. But the offense – and we got to give Andy Kotal Nicky as much love as we can. Okay. Like, that was unbelievable um, game he called. I think the one play I hated, which you can say this because it didn't work, was the second and one bubble screen to Luke Grimm, which went for like yeah. three or four-yard loss. But other than that, it was just unreal. And yeah, The fact just, that you can pinpoint one little play – like, that's how good he was. You can remember the play where you were kind of like, eh, that yeah. wasn't great. Dude, and this coaching staff, just the way they adjust is unreal. Just adjust on the fly and, like, their schemes, like the O-line blocking schemes to open things up for a high shot Neil, And just the, like, before they came here and they were, like, it was Munkin and Leipold up for the job. Like, people talking about Leipold and the staff. They were just talking about in Buffalo. Like, one year they led the MAC in rushing, and the next year they led it in uh, passing. So like whatever yeah. your team's strengths are, like they're gonna find find ways to win, put the best product on the field they can. And this dude, this staff is so good. Like people don't even realize it. And I feel like like going in the West Virginia game, we didn't really want to say we would win because it's so hard to get your hopes up for KU football and you find the littlest ways to do it. K-State and Lawrence a couple years ago. So coming in this yeah. game, I I had a feeling we would cover, but I didn't really want to say we would win. But dude, this coaching staff's gonna I almost, I'm almost getting to the point. There's going to be a game we probably lose by double digits, but I'm almost getting to the point where we can almost compete in every single game because Dude. this staff is so good and our quarterback is so damn good. Like Lance Leipold is 100% one of the best coaches in the country. I'm not saying like a top five, 10 coach, but people had him on top 20 lists. Dude, he's yeah. that good. Like we're this good just already. About, he took over a one and 11 team. Remember when people like those lists would come out and Leipold was ranked ahead of Kleiman and K State fans would just lose their mind? And I'm not saying Kleiman's not good. K State looks good. really good, but like Leipold is like that good, and that's exactly why he's going to get offers like Nebraska probably, which is terrifying. We can talk about that, or you we can wait. But like this team, this KU team is still not like ultra talented. Like there are still a lot of things that Leipold and his staff still need to do to get us to the point where we're like a legit football team. Mm-hmm. And they're still showing this much improvement this quickly. Like they really are just so good. And it's honestly terrifying to think about Nebraska coming to call them because like if he went to Nebraska, Nebraska would be so good. Like I'm convinced no, of no it. Question. So that's what's scary is, you know, Lance has to see that, you know, he has to sit there and say like, man, Nebraska comes calling with, with, you know, that, that money and, and that program and that backing and that conference, like we could, we could do damage. And so it's terrifying. And I don't want to like turn this into a uh, speculating on what Lance does and who knows, I think, you know, Matt Campbell seems to be, another big name Nebraska is going after, but like that's how good Lance has been. That's how good Lance has been is that it hadn't even been two years and the freaking Nebraska football program wants him to coach there potentially. So I personally, I personally think that Matt Campbell or Chris Kleiman should just take the job. Same no brainer decision in my eyes. Why would you Um, go get Lance Leipold 58 years old? Go, go after a younger guy, but it's, it really is scary. Like, and we have to talk about it. Like it's been a topic of conversation on Twitter, like all day today. It's kind of leaking out just people making lists with him on it. Short lists, like five guys. So I don't know yeah. if it's speculation just cause Lance is so good or, and I mean, KU fans just got to know this. Like 
Nebraska has been rumored to be a dream job for Lance Leipold. Nebraska and then Wisconsin. He coached at Wisconsin Whitewater. They've said Wisconsin. Maybe he's a big Big Ten guy. Um, but, yeah, Nebraska, I mean, people on, like, Jayhawk slant message boards are saying, like, if Nebraska offers him eventually, like, he's probably going to take it. And that just scares the sh- – like, he's putting us in a great spot for the next guy to take over if he does leave. But, God. I just want just... him – like, I want him – if he's – like, he probably will leave one day for a bigger job. But, like, I want it to be – like, I want him to have – led us through like three four years of sustainability like i want him to lay the groundwork where a new guy can come right in or maybe it's a coordinator and i don't we're getting way too into the weeds with this but like i don't it just feels so unfair if lance shows up we see improvement and then he's just right out the door because nebraska comes calling and like yeah nebraska probably is a dream job and the thing that's about it is he's 58 years old like that nebraska job may never come calling again like if they make a good hire he never has another shot to go back to nebraska so like i really do think it would just come down to that type of decision for him it's like you either get your dream job or you just probably don't and so i don't know what lance would do he seems like a guy that is loyal he seems like a guy that loves lawrence and loves like rebuilding this program and he you know, there's sure ways to do it. You can you can go to Nebraska and you can risk being out of a job in three years if things don't go well, or you can go to Kansas and you can be Bill Snyder and you can have a statue and you can have the stadium named after you one day. Like that's kind of the path Lance Leipold could potentially be looking at here. But <clears throat> nobody's gonna. I mean, it's it would suck if he left, and I would be upset. But it'd be hard to like hate the guy, especially yeah. if like. You know, if we go win four or five games this year, what he did was is still going to help this program a ton. But I'm not going to get it. That's all we should talk about, Lance, going to Nebraska. It had to be addressed. It's been talked about. It's been a hot topic on Twitter. Um, It's going to continue to be a storyline. That's all we need to be into it. They may not Um, even call him. Matt Campbell may take the job (laughs) first call. I personally believe Nebraska should hire another former Nebraska quarterback in Turner Gill. I think that would be the best option for all Husker fans. He loves the university. Um, He's a hell of a coach. He showed that here at Kansas. Um, Absolutely. Beat Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech, who was ranked. People forget that. And last Nebraska quarterback they had as their head coach really worked out well. He stud the way he calls for onside kicks and big time situations. Like who would be like, truly who would be the funniest hire Nebraska could make? John Gruden. <laughs> I can't even think. Like, I'm just trying to think of names that people that don't have jobs. Like I've just heard, like I've heard Wake Forest's coach. I've obviously heard Campbell climb and um, Leipold. I don't even know who else. Who like? Do you have any names in mind? I don't know. I just always try to think of things that would be hilarious to watch unfold on Twitter. Like if Greg Schiano gets the job or something like remember when he got hired at Tennessee and people yeah. lost their mind. Uh, yeah. Anyone but Lance uh, would love Matt rule to get fired and saw and that Carolina come to Nebraska. Uh, Urban Meyer, little comeback, come out of retirement for the 17th time. Pass out on the, the sideline. Coach the old corn Oscars. Anyone but Lance. That's the point of this segment. Is yeah. Lance, we love you. Please don't leave. Um, all right. That's enough doomsday talk about Lance leaving. 
I want to fast forward, talk a little Houston for this upcoming weekend. But before we do that, we got to talk DraftKings. The wait is over. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is officially live in Kansas just in time for football season. That means legally betting on same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, and more anytime and anywhere across Sunflower State. To celebrate, DraftKings is giving new Kansas customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5 on anything and get $200 in free bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code KCSN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on anything. That's code KCSN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook gambling problem getting help is your best bet call 1-800-522-4700 21 plus physically present in kansas eligibility restrictions apply bonus issued as free bets one early win token issued at opt-in money line bets only deposit and wagering restrictions apply eligibility in terms of draftkings.com slash kansas on behalf of boot hill resort and casino yeah let's talk houston i want to show dk some love though because yeah. everyone has their opinions, but I re- like I personally believe DK has the best like format, the best like bonuses, yeah. and I don't know. I just love the format. I th- feel like the lines are better, and like you know, they try to get you like they do the fifty dollar to score a touchdown or score a mm-hmm. point in the game. Like I just think those bonuses and things like that like are better than other books. Oh, yeah. And I think DK like it's it's been my favorite book for a while. Like I would get on there before it was legal and just look at like draft or like golf yeah. uh, odds yeah. and things like that. So I just, DK is awesome. It's by far my favorite book. And the only, it's the only book I use this weekend. Love it. Same. They are, I'm exclusively a DraftKings guy. Um, speaking of that early line comes out for Houston, which is, I mean, you think about how much we talked about this Houston game for literally probably like the past year. Remember we were like, we got to get out of this game. Like there was rumors we were trying to. Um, and now we're nine point dogs. I don't know if that's still where it's at. It's where it opened. It's at ten um, on DraftKings. I look ten on like DraftKings. I mean, you I think, you take that. I think right. Like I absolutely. I love that. That gives me that as a KU fan. That feels like we can go win that game. Yeah, yeah, I know, and that's how I kind of that's how we felt at West Virginia, and we talked about that last week. Like fourteen point spread, you shouldn't like celebrate that. But most years, yeah. it's a, it's a twenty point spread, twenty eight against OU yeah. on the road or something like that, Oklahoma State on the road. But I, I'm i drinking the Kool-Aid heavy right now. Like I told, I just told you I think we can compete in most of these games the rest of the year because our staff and QB are that good. Um, their schemes are amazing. And like I'm going to say I really think we're going to go into Houston Saturday and win this game. And I think we're 10-point dog and Vegas is amazing. Like they're so damn good at what they do. But – I truly, and I'm a homer, I'm biased. I truly think we're the better team. I do. Like, it sounds crazy. I think our quarterback's better. I think I think our running backs, I, our running back group's better. Our O-line is just, has was phenomenal against West Virginia. Obviously, in the first game, too, against Tech, which you can't take much away from that. Dana Holgerson's a great coach. Lance is better. Lance is going to be better than a lot of coaches in the country that we go against. I just think, I really do think we're the better team right now. Like, I was looking at I was looking at Houston's offense earlier, um, and like their Clayton Tune's been super average against Tech this weekend. They were dogs. Tech had their backup quarterback playing. They end up losing in overtime. They've been in two overtime games. They could be a little worn out, 
I don't know. I mean, you get a week off, obviously. I don't know if that'll play a factor at all. But just looking at their offense, like Clayton Toon, he's 42 for 27, 59 completion percentage, which is not good. A college quarterback, you should be probably upper 60s, mid 60s. And then just looking at their running back group, like they're averaging like less than four a carry. Like their three running backs are averaging 4.2, 2.5, and 2.7. So they're not running it well. Clayton Toon's been way below average. Um, I'm not – They. I think they had a guy that had like three or four sacks against Texas Tech, which is scary. We need – I'm not sure if Bostic will be going up against him, but we need our O-line to be good again. Um, I just think – I think our offense is better, and I think it will come down to getting stops. We got the most stops on Saturday um, on the road. So obviously Houston's going to be favored because it's at home. be lovely if it was in Lawrence. And I wonder if the stadium would be sold out, which we got to get into that in a little bit, win or yeah. lose this weekend, because we got three home games in a row. But I truly think we're the better team. And I know I'm just probably saying that because I'm a KU fan. But right now, at this very moment, like you said, UTSA, good team, made a bowl game, won a ton of games last year, goes into double or triple triple OT. They easily could have lost. They were down late in the fourth quarter. Texas Tech goes into OT. They were dogs. And I personally think we could beat Tech. Like that's one of the games I circle before the year. I think we're just mm-hmm. as good as Tech. Tech was favored with their backup QB in. I know Houston was on the road, but I just think we're going to go into Houston and win. I think money line is plus 270. I'm as confident in KU football as I've been in freaking 13 years. Like, I haven't been this yeah. confident. I mean, even when we beat Boston College with Les, like, we were pumped about Les. He's a, he won national titles. I was so happy after that game, but it's like, you, it's what, like I said earlier, you don't want to get your hopes up after that Tennessee Tech game when you come out and look amazing. And I don't care how bad they are and how we were to end the year. And I didn't want to say we we're going to beat West Vaugh, but yeah, it's like you don't want to get your hopes up and now you're just all in. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, I don't think I'm ready to say like confidently we're the better team like you are. Uh, but I do think I can definitely say like, I think I like us plus 10. Like, I really do think this is a game where we may have the ball in our hands ready to try and go tie the game late in the game. Or like they have the ball with like, I don't, I don't think I'm ready to just come out and say, Oh, we're going to win. Like, I think a couple reasons I'm concerned are Houston's battle. Like they played two solid teams. Um, mm-hmm. And it's for also sure. like a huge game for them. Like it is a one and two start for Houston is a nightmare for them considering where they started. We said that at West Ball, though. True. Yeah, I mean, true. And sometimes that stuff just obviously doesn't matter. It's all about product on the field. And, like, I think KU is in a weird spot right now where people, like Vegas included, us included, like I don't think people know yet how for real we could potentially be. Like, it's going to take a while for people to truly get used to the fact that KU can compete in big football games. Like, it, even for me, it's kind of like – you could have told me this was another 14 point line and I would have been like, eh, yeah, I guess makes sense. Like you just don't know. And so I don't know. I, I fully like this offense to me is done enough to prove that they are the absolute real deal. Um, That's why it feels like I don't see us losing by two scores. I think we can answer any punch. We get down 14, three different times. We can string together a drive to get it to a one possession game, get a stop. Clayton Toon turns it over something like that. But yeah. I just I don't see us maybe we do lose by like a 42 
31 game or something, but I, mean, I, do, I don't see of, us losing by two scores. I mean, I just feel like we can't. Would you agree that, like, this game being in the 40s is probably not a good thing for us, right? Like, we – I know our offense has been able to keep up, but, like, I feel like we need an incredible showing from our defense, obviously. That's pretty – yeah, you, know, you always want an incredible showing, but like I feel like our best shot is to somehow like win this game like 35, 32, 35, 31. Like I don't know, like keep it so it. But if I told you, it. if I told you before the West Virginia game that same thing, what would you have said? What like if the game's in the forties? Yeah, I mean, I'd have been pretty concerned, but yeah, I mean. That's the thing, all right. But like, how long can we keep relying on our offense to bail us out? Like, I, I truly, not... I truly believe this is us just trying not to get or maybe you not trying to get your yeah, hopes up. It absolutely because is. like we've seen we've been the worst. Like everyone knows that we've been the worst power five over the last. Like we almost don't want to get too hype. I feel like, like you said, Vegas doesn't know. Vegas doesn't even know how to analyze our games, maybe or. Because, like, it's Kansas. You see the Kansas – like, think about how much money people had on West Virginia last week. I don't – maybe yeah. I'm wrong there, but I feel like I saw a ton of betting slips on West Virginia just because it's Kansas. Yeah, and people and you are played gonna, Tennessee gonna... Tech week one, and there's no way they're going to repeat that performance. And I don't know. That's why and, I keep saying I don't think people know how good Leipold and the staff are. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm really hoping that the, the Kobe Bryant pick – Shout out. Like, I'm really hoping that maybe, like, gives some life to the defense. And like we said, it feels crazy saying, like, it's not like our defense has been a disaster. We've won Defensive Player of the Week two straight years. So we have guys performing. Mm -hmm. Phelps was great week one. Bryant was great week two. Um, So, like, our defense is capable. But, like, that to me would be really exciting is if maybe our offense doesn't show up as well. Like, it's hard to think that our offense can – continue at this level we're gonna have some down moments Jalen's gonna make some mistakes um teams are gonna watch film figure this out so like now what I really want to see is I want our defense to be the team that maybe goes and makes some big stops and helps us win this game rather than just relying on Jalen to lead us down the field and Devin Neal and as you like you I mean you can't keep digging yourself in two score deficits like you're down 14 like yeah it ended up working Saturday where we scored six straight touchdowns but Imagine you're down 14 and you turn it over in your own territory. Then you're really in trouble. You're down 17 yeah. or 21 right there. But, yeah, I mean, our defense obviously has to step up. I was getting so mad in the first half. I thought – I don't know what you think, but it felt like – because going into the game, I thought we had to get pressure on JT Daniels, and it felt like we were rushing three or four every single play. Yeah. Like, the whole entire game. And we weren't – I don't think we really even touched him until the play late where – I missed that play because I'm in a damn parking garage in Arizona and my service goes out, but I missed the play where he was going down. It might've been a fumble and someone said his knee hit the ground. And then dude, Oh my God, I'm screaming at the targeting call on Kenny Logan where they're looking at the fucking football for an hour and you see it move. And you don't, you don't even go review it. You, Somebody that's listening to this podcast right now, explain to me that rule. I was told by people I were watching that if they're reviewing targeting, they can't also review the catch or not. Which what? What about after? That's what I said. Why so can't you just give them a catch and then review the catch? Like you just make the wrong call and live with it because you so reviewed I'm, targeting instead. So I'm saying the white hat is looking at targeting and he sees <laughs> yeah. the ball literally come out. 
and nothing nothing is said to the crowd nothing i was so refs don't even huddle and i didn't i didn't really even get to see that play either but it looked like some people on twitter said we recovered it which i'm you guys watched every second did we recover that should it have been Uh, should it have been a fumble in our ball I don't know if it should have been a fumble in our ball, but it should have been incomplete. Look at it, it should have been it. incomplete. I don't think it was necessarily a fumble, but it was definitely not a catch. Like, that was the frustrating part, is there were three possibilities for it to be, and the least likely was a catch. They just, the other gave, two, they just called it complete and game on. West yeah, Virginia go down, weird. drive, and score. I don't know the rule on that, so hopefully someone listening can fill us in on why that wasn't reviewed. But I can't yeah, think it, of a, a more stressful last drive, too. I think it was third Dude. down and long, and our defensive lineman tips it. The receiver oh. comes out of nowhere, grabs it, takes it 30 yards. I was like, yep, KU football. This That's game's what over. I was saying. That was going to be like a, a loss that sticks with you for a while. Like KU football losses, oh we can God. get over them pretty quick. Like we, we're used to it. But like that one would have been one where you're sitting like, I'd have been at work just stewing over it the whole week. Like how, mm-hmm. like a KU basketball loss where we melt down in the final minutes. Like, that would have been a really bad loss. So for us to still win shows that this team is like a legitimate, resilient football team. And they've now played two of their last, what, six games, five games have been like big-time football games. That Texas I mean, game, yeah. that game, those are pressure-packed games on the road. And I'm so excited for us to J- play one of these at home. JD just finds a way, too. Like the two-point yeah. conversion against Texas, when he takes it and immediately scrambles right, you're like, oh. Great game yeah. we lost. Finds Jared Casey. Third and goal against West Virginia. I'm like, dude, if we kick a field goal, we lost. Because we would have. No question in my mind. I know JT Daniels mm-hmm. ended up throwing a pick, but it would have been, I'm sure, different. Ends up finding Skinner, which I don't know about you, but the two position groups I'm worried about the most coming into the year are O-line and receiving. Dude, receiving Quentin, Skinner. Quentin Skinner's awesome. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter with this coaching staff. They're going to put you in position to succeed. Skinner. Lawrence Arnold, Luke Grimm makes a crazy big time catch late in the game. Um, yeah, oh, offensive I line's will. been unreal. Like, who would have known? Scott Fox. No. <laughs> the guy is good. Um, I was yes, watching Skinner's great. I was watching uh, Kent Swanson and um, Scott Jason. Yeah, and Scott's podcast and he and kent called him fuchs or something and you just see scott like giggling and laughing on the side because he knows it's one, it's of the best, one of the best last names ever like he's immediately top five on my list for a new coach one day just because of the name alone we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
Um, so do you have the over under on KU Houston? Mm, let's check it real quick. We got to make it's got to be in the 60s, right? I would think. Um, <sighs> this is Man. great radio. Why do we always do this? It is scary that we have to, like you said, our offense is going to have to be insanely good most weeks. And it's just a big, like Mick Anderson talked Ooh, about 57. It. 57. 57. I personally would think both teams score 30 plus. So yeah. I would take the over. But yeah, like Mick Anderson said, all these Big 12 games, like that's just what the Big 12 is up tempo, yeah. crazy offenses, not much deep. Everyone around the country knows that. So it is scary that our offense is going to have to be pretty damn good every single yeah. week. Maybe not that <laughs> good like we were, but. And yeah. it's scary, too, that that game went to OT. We scored on six straight drives, 42 points, and we go to OT. But that's they fi- they've been finding ways to win. So Houston, Houston's a much better coach team. Um, Dude. They played in some big games so far, which so did Westfall. They played at Pitt. So, I don't know. I just – I think it's going to take a big-time performance from our defense to win this game. Can, can I talk about Neil Brown for, like, 30 seconds? <laughs> sure. He is an – humongous dork <laughs> he is blamed i they, love him yeah they were 0-1 obviously this was a big game so he was going to be on the ref's ass but they're 0-2 they've lost the first two games of the year he has blamed the refs on both games after the pit game i remember looking at that game he blamed the refs and then this game he gets in the press conference and talks about the punt return where our guy runs by him the ball didn't get oh. to the punt returner until five he was five yards past him that was awesome catch the I ball that was an incredible play yeah catch the ball that's what yeah. you do you're a punt returner you see neil brown running down the sideline he's with his dork. yeah he is and great you're and two maybe you're gonna he's probably maybe gonna lose his job i mean you shouldn't be he's gonna with he's gonna JT need Daniels. like a a win over like OU or Texas to save his job. But um, with how much you don't do this, I do this, but I would have blamed the refs so much on Saturday. It would have been frustrating, but then again, it's like our D you said it, we scored on six straight possessions and our defense mm-hmm. just, I mean, actually I say that, but like our defense, we gave up a field goal up until the final drive in that second half. It was the defense was really bad the first half, but the second half, they were fine. So it's crazy what winning can do. Like we always talk about this, what winning can do to a fan base. If we lose that game in overtime, we're pumped that we competed and we're going into Houston with some optimism, but now we're two and oh, we find a way to win that. And I just, I kind of want to hear scenarios from you. If we do go into Houston and win, like what are, what can you vision yourself thinking Saturday at around six? If we end up beating Houston, you're three and oh, you come home for three games at the booth, I mean, Duke, Duke, Iowa State, TCU. What's going through getting, your head? You're getting forty thousand in the booth for an eleven a.m. Duke, right? You got to. I, if we don't get forty, I'd be embarrassed. We had thirty-five at Tennessee Tech. I know, but eleven a.m. early game. Uh, people got kids' soccer games, but I do think a three and zero start. We're seeing, yeah, I mean, forty-five is probably a better a better number to strive for at that point. But like, yeah, if we're just talking scenarios, like we're three and O with our most, arguably our second most winnable game on the schedule. Like, and Dukes look better than we thought they would, but dude, we would have a shot to be like, this is how ahead of ourselves we get. But like, this is, we are talking in a world where we beat Houston folks. So let's just pretend we do it. We could, we're now three and O probably favored against Duke. Like, I would think for sure favored against Duke. 
So then you're like four and zero. Iowa State. That's that. Now you're getting a little. Uh, you're getting greedy, wanting to beat them, but they're not the same Iowa State. They're no. certainly not the same Iowa State. Um, I don't know. Like, if you beat Houston this weekend, there's a lot of wild stuff that will be said from us on this podcast. I mean, I'm definitely all. If we win Saturday, I'm all in on going bowling for sure. Yeah, that's why I, we're like I'm almost re- there we're now. Researching bowl games, we're like looking at flights. Like, I'm almost there now, and it's tough to do this because, like I said, we never want to get our hopes up too much, and we're only two games into the season. But what do you think our record is after that three game stretch at home? Okay. If we do, if we say we beat Houston, three zero coming back home, we have three games. What's our record I, after those three? I think we're probably four and two. I think we'd lose to Iowa State and TCU because, like, here's the scenario we also have to talk about. Like, dude, what if we're five and zero oh going into TCU? West Virginia is not that. Like, they're not very good. They're probably the second worst team in the Big Twelve. So, like, oh, no. I'm not trying to be negative here, but I'm also just trying to bring us back to the stratosphere. Like, we're for two it's and not out of the realm of possibilities for us to only win one more game or us to only win. Like, I mean, I hope we don't lose out, but, like, it's not <laughs> insane. We will be underdogs in every game the rest of the season, maybe besides Duke. So, like, I don't know. I'm just saying. I think you're right. We can beat Tech. We, we should beat Duke. Uh, we could – compete with Iowa state TCU. Like that's all possible, but it's, I don't want us to start to like set unfair and unreal expectations. Like I, I, I don't know where I really like, I don't know what my true expectation is. I think it really is. I think we probably lose to Houston. It's a tough game. I think we beat Duke and then I'm hoping for one more. Like, that's really, I think, where I would be at. Get me four wins this year, and I'm happy. Now, maybe that's really lame of me, and you seem to disagree, but, like, I still stand by what I said at the beginning of this year. The games, there's a lot of hard games left on this schedule. Yeah. And how tough so. is it to win close ball games? <laughs> I know. Like, like one think about so good. I know. And Scott, we barely won. Yeah, it came down to a third and goal, basically, or roughing the passer on that overtime drive, <laughs> yeah. which was – but think about even Nebraska, like Scott Frost, they lost like eight one-possession games last year. Like it's so tough tough to win close games, especially on the road. So it's like Houston could be a game this weekend. We're up three with a minute left. They go down and score a touchdown and win. But yeah, I don't know. I I came up with the scenario last night that we would we could be five and zero going to that TCU game. And I can you imagine? I mean, I can. I'm, I don't know what I would do. <laughs> And that's like it's fine for us to dream because of that, it's not like these, like, like most years this these would be blowouts like big, mm-hmm. but I truly think we can run with these teams these next three games. I think, like you said, Duke. I think that could be maybe a pick them. They're they got NC A and T this weekend. They're going to be three and zero coming to Lawrence. Yeah, Houston's only a ten point spread. Iowa State. I know you said they're probably better than West Va, but it's also at home and there's going to be a lot of fans and they're not as good. Like Deckers is their QB. You watch their offense against Iowa this weekend. I truly think that could be, that spread's going to be what? Touchdown spread? Depends on what we do the next two weeks. Like yeah, here's really the does. wild thing under your Why are scenario. are we doing this? If we beat Houston and we beat Duke and your scenario, it's not my scenario. <laughs> what are we ranked going into the Iowa state game? Ten. We're ranked. If Top we ten. beat 
If we beat Houston and Duke, I think we're maybe like 24. What would you do? Lance Leipold. What was our record? Dude, it's so crazy. I somehow was just on a KU YouTube bender last week after we beat Tennessee Tech and then just all the hype we have behind Lance. And I'm watching Les Miles last year. And what was our record? Were we like one and seven or it was a COVID year. So we only played like eight games or something. We were like one and seven or oh and eight. We didn't. Yeah, we didn't win a game. I don't think. Yeah, so Coastal was our non-con game, and they smoked us. Lance takes that team over, doesn't even get a full offseason, has us competitive by the end of the year, and then has a full offseason. We start off 4-0, say that, and you're yeah. ranked with a yeah, game at the booth. And there's – I guess I get what you're saying with the 11 a.m. game, but shit, when Todd and those – I mean, no, oh, they were better, and they were going to bowl games every year, but when Todd and those dudes played early, like that place was still packed out. So yeah. no, I, I think students, 40 was a weak estimate by me, but I'm just again trying to like chill out. No, for sure. I <laughs> how much does the booth sit? Uh I don't I was trying to think of that earlier. The uh, only thing would be maybe like the away section, like Duke fans wouldn't travel all the way here or yeah. behind the end zone. And but I would say student section filled to the top. Like you don't even need when we gave away all those tickets that week, like I don't need I don't think <laughs> I don't. I won't need to do that anymore, will I? It holds forty-seven, so like forty would be pretty freaking good. Yeah, but thirty-five for Tech with a, two road wins in a row. Like, dude, Houston I before the, Houston before we've the year fifty-two before Houston before the year was the biggest circled loss almost. Like at Houston, we're gonna lose that. They're ranked. That's why if we win yeah, that game. Just, all right. Let's uh let's let's make some predictions and let's chill out before we place futures on the so natty. Hard. Um I'll go first because I'm gonna be the negative guy, which I don't know why, but I picked against us against West Ball, so let's not get too too cocky. I'm gonna go uh Houston 34 Hawks 28. We cover it's a fun game. I just think on the road, good Houston team. They played two really close games. I think they'll be good. Uh, I think we lose, and that's okay. I think two and one, we'll take that. Two and one with a winnable game the next week, we'll take that all day. What do you got? We're going to go to Houston and win this game. 38-31, Jalen Daniels, <laughs> 31 for 32 passing, 624 passing yards. Just keeps upping the old Heisman status. No, I really do think we're going to go in and win. I said that earlier. I think we have the Holgerson. We already said he's good. Maybe I'm just too biased by saying Lance is better. I'm probably always going to think Lance is better than the opposing coach just because he's my football coach. But Jalen Daniels answers every punch, makes every big play imaginable. Like just watching him run the option Saturday night, just so beautifully. He's so we we've said it. He's so good on his feet. I. I FaceTime Brandon McAnderson after the game. First thing he says, this kid's 19. <laughs> Talking about Jalen. He goes, dude, this dude's 19. He's a teenager. It's crazy. It's crazy. And he's going to play in the league. Yeah, he's so good. I don't people yeah. people don't know how good he is yet, which is crazy. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. No one's gonna really watch Kansas football games. I think we're gonna go into Houston and win this game. 38-31. I said it. I'm biased. I think we're the better football team right now. The way they played against UTSA and Tech and how Clayton Toon's struggling a little bit, it's not terrible, 
and they're not running it effectively. But at this very moment, maybe Saturday they'll be better. But I truly think at this very moment we're the better football team. I love it. I hope you're right. And uh, it's just so exciting that, like, we're predicting a 3-0 and start, and it's not insane. Like, it's not insane to say that. It could be, you know, a little homerish, but it's not crazy. You're not, like, that's how awesome it is that Lance has us in a spot where we can legitimately say, yeah, we could win this game this week. And I hope, that's all I hope, is, like, I don't want it to be. We've had moments in the past, I don't think this would happen. We've had moments in the past where, like, we follow up a really good showing with a terrible showing. But I think Lance and his staff and the team last year proved that that's not what we did after Texas last year. We continued to play good football. So I think it's going to be a competitive game, and that's like that's what we've been begging for for years is just let's compete. Let's have fun football games. There's nothing more exhilarating than a close football game, and it's so nice that we're finally getting to experience that again. So, and Like you said, 34-28, like it could be a great game to the end, and we just – they put together a drive yeah. win. Like that could be us up 28, 27. They score on a yep. long touchdown, like the busted plays at the beginning of the West Virginia game where cornerback trips, Kenny Logan takes a bad angle at Ford Wheaton. And then I don't know, like it's so hard to win close games, but if we compete in Houston, you're coming back home for three straight home games. Yeah. Who isn't happy? If you would have said before the year, you're two and one and you lose a one possession game to Houston. You're like, sign me up now. Exactly. Your over-unders two and why... a half. Your over-unders two and a half wins. Yeah. We could be cashing those this weekend, baby. Um, all right. Well, this was fun. It was it's so We're I stupid. said it before we recorded, but like it was so nice to like be pumped to talk KU football. Like that's how I feel about KU basketball episodes. A lot of times we're just having to get on here and grind out a football episode just because we feel like we have to, and it's no fun. This was fun. We may be insane. People will probably we clip are. things we've said in this, and like if we lose too straight, we'll get made fun of. But whatever, we've we been thought, waiting for these moments. Yeah, let us be excited too. There's fans that are like KU fans think they're so damn good. Well, they're averaging 55 points a game. Their coaching staff seems to be pretty damn good, and we've been the worst Power Five program over the last decade. So not much to get excited yeah. about when you start like this and win your second Big 12 road game in like 10 yeah. years. You're gonna probably be excited so i don't know i'm so pumped it. and we're coming up with these scenarios after we start three and oh but i can't imagine what our scenarios actually are going to be if we went at houston because we're going to be saying the craziest things in our group text like yep. college football playoff or something there's 12 game teams day? alan legitimately did joke about game day potentially coming to lawrence like that's when i had to cut it off be like all right everyone relax. tcu could be the one maybe <laughs> if they're five and oh i don't know no, no, not, not we can save that. We can save that for next episode. But uh all right, this was fun. That's it for this week, <laughs> folks. The Hawks, they're cooking. Football's looking good. Not gonna say back, but we're close to back. And uh we got a big one coming up this weekend in Houston. We will be back next week. Thank you as always for listening and rock chalk. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.